And hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Conquest Chronicles podcast. This is Matt here along with Dina. Um, quickly, we are at, what, week five of the season? We are we are officially at week five of the season. And it, wow. And it, and it seems like just yesterday, it feels like it was just yesterday that the season started. It don't yeah, even it does. Like it doesn't that feel long. like a month. It really don't feel like a month, but really we are come next week. We are a month. We'll be a month into the season. I mean, already so much has happened. Good I know. And bad. Oh yeah, way too much happened. Both good and bad. Way too much happened. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot has um has come out, but. Dina, how are you doing? How how has your week been? It's been good, pretty busy. What about you? It's been it's been good, you know. I've been previewing this game. Been I've been looking into this game all um how can I say? It? I've been looking into this game all week. And really you just get a sense of what could happen and what you're preparing for. And especially coming off the game against Utah. Um, you just sit there and you wonder what is it like how I, I, I couldn't understand the win with Utah. Was it more of a USC winning the game or was it more of a Utah losing the game? And really, you get that sense of just I don't know. I mean, I, I would think I would feel a lot better if USC handedly won the game against Utah going into I the game. I think USC won better. the game. I don't I didn't. I didn't, you know, I didn't leave the game thinking, oh, wow, we should have blown him out. Right. And if you look at the numbers, like, it's weird how you look at the numbers. You know how numbers really don't tell the story, how they say numbers really don't tell everything. And if you look mm-hmm. at the numbers, you would have thought USC should have gotten obliterated. But really, the 16 to 11 penalties really said it all. Um, Utah. Yeah, that's, that's who, uh, the game with the refs god oh my goodness that was horrible that was absolutely horrible there's but didn't get his pac-12 officiating i mean we i'm not surprised but at the same time it's like that's unacceptable but key key moment of that game though was reggie bush celebrating with marquis that <laughs> that i'm sorry that has to be the image of college football all year is it, and do you see how quickly they went? Like how quickly they yeah. threw that flag? <laughs> yeah. How they broke it up and they threw the flag. Like they quickly got to it. It was unbelievable. <laughs> like, come on now. But it was mentioned, I think, um, Shotgun Sprawling from, from, uh, from LA Times and from USCfootball.com. Shotgun mentioned how, I think it was Shotgun or Keeley when they were doing their, um, when they were when they were doing the tunnel vision, and one of them mentioned one of them mentioned that when USC played Texas at the uh, at the Coliseum, and Deontay Burnett caught that touchdown pass, he shook hands with Matt mm-hmm. Liner. I remember that. He didn't throw the flag at all. What so people me- also were saying was this was Reggie Bush's first time back in the Coliseum, but wasn't he on the field when they announced like the all? Decade team. That was at the pac- 
That was at the Pac-12 title game. So that was oh, at wasn't Levi's it the Coliseum? Oh, okay. It was at Levi Stadium, but U.S. but um, USC contacted the NCAA to see if it was okay if he went in the locker room, and the NCAA gave him the okay to go in the USC locker room and basically just say That's what's up weird. to the players and stuff. Why would but, they do that but not allow anything else? Well, I guess because Reggie Bush had to be there. The thing was, Reggie Bush had to be there for the all-decade thing. He was. Well, he had big, to be there uh, last but, Friday too to to uh, or last um, to what's it to announce. <laughs> but it's different though. See, it's not like if the game was at the L.A. Coliseum and all that stuff, then yeah, it would have been a problem because it's a USC home game. But seeing that it's the Pac-12 conference. Seeing that it's the Pac-12 conference celebrating him, like honoring him, and it's not USC themselves, it's the conference, that's what made it okay. And the fact that it wasn't like – it was NCAA and, Pac- and conference compliance people there anyway. So that's where it was okay. There was nothing behind it. The NCAA, I'm sure, was like, okay, we'll okay it. But if it's USC asking to honor him and stuff, then that's a whole different story. But, um, no, I think USC Barstool said USC compliance had to move USC players away from Reggie Bush because they were waiting just to say hello to him. But what's so funny about it was Adoree Jackson waited for Reggie Bush outside of a USC game. Or not a USC game, outside of the, um, outside of an NFL game at the Coliseum. When the Rams played the Bills, but again, it wasn't a USC setting. So I guess USC settings, that's where it, it, that's where they draw the line. But, um, to correct you on that, this wasn't Reggie Bush's first time in the Coliseum since, um, since then. It was the first time he's been in the Coliseum for a USC game. Mm. The, he, he returned to the Coliseum as a member of the Buffalo Bills, uh, during the Rams first year in the, um, in the, back in Los Angeles. So he was there and, um, and that was when Bill, not Bill Belichick, that was when Rex Ryan got all the USC players who were on his roster and they were the captains for that game. That's cool. Um, and Reggie Bush was one of them because he was a member of USC. So, that's what was the and and what, what bugged me about it was that um was that the NCAA keeps denying USC to allow them to honor him, which which bugs me about it. And not only that, Colin Cowherd said that he felt that USC fans treated him dirty. And I was like, Reggie Bush gave him nothing but you know the USC fans gave him nothing but love and. He, you know, he asked Reggie Bush, you know, did the USC fans, were they treating you nice? He, I don't understand why he would say that. And there's numerous amount of number five jerseys that roam around campus at USC games. Yeah. I mean, the student section was chanting Reggie, the whole, their whole post game show. Yeah. I don't get like, it, it, it's something that the NC, I don't think the NCAA understands. I, and I, and I pretty much said it like this. I think with the NCAA, they're deliberately not doing this because they know 
the effect that it's going to have on USC in a positive way. Because we already see the NCAA, what they're doing with video, with, with player and likeness and stuff, which we'll get to that later because I have something to uh, to say about a new college football video game coming out soon. And um and in, in, a, in a few hours I hope, but we'll get to that. But um, speaking of that, let's move forward. The real reason we're here is to talk Washington and USC as USC's first meeting with Washington since 2016, where now they play Washington and Oregon State this uh, these next two years. They move up to Seattle, or they go into Seattle play the Huskies. Um, Washington's coming off of defeating BYU, I believe, 42 to 17 or 45 to 17. Um, really, it, it, it's going to be it's a game between two ranked Pac-12 teams. USC this so far are two and zero against AP top twenty five teams. However, they have lost their only game on the road to BYU. Uh, this game is going to be interesting uh, right now, and the fact that USC is going to be shorthanded in this game. USC will be missing will be missing three key players. Uh, and Dina, I'll let you go ahead and uh and and talk about that actually. Yeah, so Slovis is still going to be out with his concussion. Uh, Talano Hufanga out with a concussion. And Elijah Griffin, who left the game early last week for with back spasms, is out too. So three starters. And, you know, I think it's especially a blow for the defense just because with, with these past couple of games, they kind of take a while to get started, and now they're down their best. Um, arguably their best two um, guys in the backfield. Yes, that's the uh, – and that's the whole thing is that USC will be – the fact that USC is going to miss Elijah Griffin and Talanoa Hafunga, USC managed without Elijah Griffin for a minute. You know, they, they shuffled around and everything. Yeah, Greg Johnson uh, shuffled around and um, they did manage, but – Talano Hufanga had a had a uh, outstanding game these yeah. last weeks. I would say he's their defensive MVP, mm-hmm. and now you're going to be without him. Hufanga, as you mentioned, was in concussion protocol, and he had an AC sprain in his shoulder, so he has two injuries. But the concussion protocol was was why he wasn't cleared, and uh, wasn't cleared the whole week. And as you know, once you're in concussion protocol. Really, that's a week. Like that's automatically that's a week, because um, because um um um, Stanford's quarterback KJ Costello. KJ, there we go. KJ Costello was in concussion protocol, and by that time, you knew he was out. Keaton Slovis in concussion protocol. How the way he got hit, you knew he wasn't going to play that game, or you knew he wasn't going to play the next week. Once you heard Hafunga was in uh, was in concussion protocol, yeah, you kind of ruled out that week. Um, Elijah Griffin, you were a little bit more optimistic with Elijah Griffin, but again, Griffin out with the you know with back spasms, so he's out. Really, it's more of just it's next man up. It's next man up. We know Matt Fink will start. That's we we kind of had that idea. But really, it's for everyone else's next man up. USC is out of next man up. 
I believe CJ Pollard will be um will be playing at will be starting at, at Chris Steele. Um I forgot to mention when we were talking about Elijah Griffin coming out, he came in. Yes. Um so he's gonna get some playing time against Washington too. Yeah, and I mean these are these are things that these guys gotta step up. And look, we know we knew this was gonna happen. We knew that guys that this young secondary that guys would have to step up and and play right away. Also, uh, Isaac Taylor Stewart is gonna play. Yes, he's uh, been clear. Washington. Yeah, he's been clear, which which is good. But he's he's back. Um, again, you have you have Greg Johnson, Isaac Taylor Stewart, um, Chris Steele. I, I believe we might see some um, Chase Williams at safety too. Chase Williams might see some time at safety. C.J. Pollard will see some time. Also, uh, also uh, um, Clay Helton said Max Williams. Max Williams actually might actually might see some playing time too. Max Williams had an AC who tore his ACL um, during his during his senior season at Sarah High School. He might see some time. So really, it's just guys stepping up. It's next man up. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see Britton Allen at some point uh, at safety too. But yeah, this week will definitely test the the Trojans' next man up mentality. Yes, especially given that that Jacob Eason, he's been playing pretty well too. He's been playing really well this. Uh, through yeah, he has. There. I mean, ten, ten touchdowns, two interceptions. Yeah, and I mean the Cal game. The Cal game was the Cal game because Cal has a has a good defense now. The way they've been playing, they play as a matter of fact, they play Friday night against ASU, I believe, in Berkeley. But um, just given the fact that how the way Cal is playing, that's I, I believe that's the only bad game really that he's had, if you want to call it that. Yeah, his completion percentage on the season is 73.1. So, yeah, he's had a, despite that Cal game, a pretty good start. Dina, now what are your expectations going into into this game for the offense? You know, new quarterback Matt Fink, um, third quarterback going in. After that, they have a a, a walk-on, actually. Have a walk-on mm-hmm. quarterback as their backup. Brandon Purdue will be who is the, their walk-on safety. He will he will be the backup quarterback. Um, I know Amon Ross St. Brown got some reps. Um, Tyler Bonds got some reps at quarterback. So they have guys who took some reps at quarterback. Amon Ross St. Brown took reps at quarterback. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown and Tyler Bonds took reps wow. at quarterback. So if Something happens, heaven forbid. Something happens to Matt Fink. We're really entering uh, dangerous territory here, because now they're down to one healthy scholarship. Yeah. Quarter. So, I mean, what are your expectations for this offense? Because after what we saw from from Fink, Fink really relied on the big play, where mm-hmm. where that fueled him. Not going to get away with it against Washington here. So. I, I think, I think <clears throat> coming into this game, we'll see something with him. What are your expectations for the offense, though, against this Huskies defense? Uh, well, they can't afford to stall because um, you know 
Washington at home. They're going to put up some big numbers. Um, I think Matt Fink needs to come out and, you know, go through his reads, take his time. And if, if it's not there, then he has the mobility to buy some time and make things happen. Um, also, I think our run game last week was not good. <laughs> I think it needs, it needs to, it needed to be a priority in practice and it needs to be a priority going into the Washington game too because, um, you need to have all your cylinders firing against Washington at home. And I think hopefully Marquis Step has shown enough that you know, they'll put him in third down situations, goal line situations, because no one's tackling Marquis Step if if uh he's one yard away. No, not at all. Nobody's gonna even come close to touching him, especially are you gonna stand in front of a instead of in front of a six one, two hundred and thirty five pound running back? I mean, unless you're an offense, unless you're a defensive tackle or a linebacker, I don't think you're doing that. Yeah, he proved he proved he could do it in high pressure situations. It, I mean, that was it third or fourth down that they needed to convert third down, third down to uh, run the clock out and get the win against Utah last week. So, and he did it. He uh, he held on to the ball. I know pe- uh, last year was a it was an issue of him holding on to the ball, but. Um, I think he, he made his case last game and he continues to make his case in practice too. I, I agree with that actually. Um, I wholeheartedly agree with that. I just think, I hope, I think this is the game where he has to get carries. Like USC has to get him, USC has to get him carries. Him and, and, um, well, first off, the run game got to get going, first of all. Right. Let's start there. The offensive line got to generate a push. So let's start there if they get the run you know, game. I think also if the run game isn't getting going with, with Step and Malapai, then I think they should give it to – or not Step. With uh, Carr and Malapai, I think they should try Step. Yeah, because Step – look, Step has been averaging about, what, 6.5 yards per carry? Throughout, right. you know, in the in the in the games that he's played, he's proven he can break tackles. He's proven he can he he's up for that type of game. You know, he he's proven that. If you're gonna go with the run game, why not go with that? Why not? Why not try to go for that with Step? Melapai, yes, Melapai will do that for you. But Carr and and Carr is more of an how can I put it? Elusive. He's more of an elusive runner. Yeah. When mm-hmm. USC had Rojo and uh, 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 and Cedric Ware, Aka Cedric Ware, and um, and Malapai, and when Malapai was going, Malapai was struggling to get carries, which I don't get. So I I don't know. I hope this changes where Step starts to see carries. I'm not saying he should be the feature back, but. It's time to let him get some carries. It's time to let him to let him play that type of game, especially when you're struggling against the run, because he should have got more of it against Washington or against BYU, against their three man front. He was getting yards on three carries where you get 33 yards. We got some issues on how you're handling the running back rotation, Graham Harrell. If you're <laughs> gonna go with the run game, but they're gonna really need it. But I don't know. This game could be a point where 
the air raid could get going because Washington has a young secondary as well. They mm-hmm. have they have a pretty young secondary. I mean, you have Miles Bryant who who is expected to be a Pac-12. Let's be real. He's going to be a Pac-12 uh, first-team all-defense by the end of the season. He's going to be all over the place making plays. But USC has multiple wide receivers, multiple talented wide receivers. And going up against that, that should help. Then again, Jimmy Luck have seen the air raid before. Granted, it's not to the caliber of the USC wide receiver, so it's different. But Jimmy Lake know how to slow down a heavy pass game. But unlike Washington State, USC has running backs that they can roll with. So that's how I see it. But what 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 are some keys to the game for you, Dina? What are some keys that uh that to this game? that USC needs to go by to get to win this game? I think they need to get their run game going. Um, and I think the Chris Steele and um, the guys who are starting in the backfield need to step up and and uh, make some plays. Um, I think also uh, the key to this game I, – I, I, I'll, I'll also, pass pass rush always. Pass yes. rush is always a key, especially against. Um, luckily, Washington's uh, Jacob Eason isn't a mobile dual threat quarterback. That's uh, no. I think but for the past couple weeks, actually, well, the, no, KJ the, Cus- or David David Mills. Mills David Mills was the only was the only quarterback yeah. in a scrambler. But um, one thing to keep in mind is U.S. or not U.S.C. but Washington has a veteran offensive line, and they've only allowed five sacks all year. They've only allowed five sacks all season up to this point. And uh, yeah, I mean they're gonna have. It, it's gonna be interesting because that's actually I think, the first I think, test. You know, I'm sure have. the coaches went back and did this, but. It would have been beneficial for them to watch the Cal game and see what they did to disrupt Eason because he had zero zero touchdowns in that game. It, yeah, but you don't. We don't have a secondary like Cal, unfortunately. But that would be a good idea if Pendergast if Pendergast does do that. I mean, Pendergast Pendergast has done ha, hasn't been stellar, and yeah, he, his defenses uh, have started out. Um, Scary. Yeah. <laughs> and then let's, once let's once, uh, once the game gets going, they kind of redeem themselves. Well, they have a bend don't break mentality. Right. <laughs> and they have a bend don't break mentality. But we've seen that with Chris Wilcox when he was defensive coordinator for USC. But they have Justin this bend Justin Wilcox, thank you. They have this bend don't break mentality. I mean, if you if if it works against Washington, then you'll take it. But that offense has to put up points too. Right. The offense has to put points up too. And that's the one and that's the biggest thing about it. If they don't put up points, then it's all for nothing. <laughs> it is all for nothing as Dina has the hiccups there. <laughs> but um here's an X fact and I will say this this game is gonna come down to the trenches once again. If USC can create pressure on Easton and disrupt the timing in the passing game. 
then USC should be fine. But they're going to have to learn to contain the outside runs, the reverses, the misdirection. Right. They mm-hmm. have not been able to contain that worth anything. Um, I also think this is where Clancy Pendergast is going to – is coaching for his job right now. Cause if, really? I, I truly think so. Because if Pendergast – here's what I have to say. And this is where we really have to start really looking at this. And I think – I think Clay Helton has to really look at this with his defense. If USC gets gashed again, USC's given up the close to 400 yards a game. I can't remember when they did not give up 400 plus uh, total yard or offense, total offensive yards. If USC gets gashed once again, I think that's, I think you have to look at pulling the trigger and letting, um, and letting Pendergast go at some point. Because there's no way you let him, there's no way that defense is going to be like that. Now, I, again, I don't know. What if, what if they I don't, get, I don't, I don't, I don't see get it gassed, happening right when? away. Then you still gotta look at it. I think you look at it at the end of the season where you gotta let him go. Oh, okay. Cause it's gonna cost you, cause, you can't keep making the excuses for for him. You right. can't. This year, it's, oh, well, it's a young defense. We said it was a young defense, and if there and there's no sign of progress. There has been no sign of any type of progress, no sign of making adjustments, nothing. If they get gashed and there's no adjustments, you really have to look at it because you'll have the bye week to settle in a new defense. You have the bye week. Where you can go with something simple, and then you have Notre Dame. You have to start looking at that possibility. You have to. I'm sorry, Pendergast. As much as Pendergast has helped this USC defense, he has not done anything to adjust. Right. Yeah, he hasn't. And it's time to start thinking about that change. And if they don't, then I. If they don't, then I don't know what to say. But it's time to start thinking. But it's they got to get it together. They have to. But I think an X factor is on the defensive line, is in the trenches. The USC offensive line has to play better. Um, also, penalties. Penalties got to be mm-hmm. limited. They got to limit penalties. They have to limit the penalties. So limit the penalties win the battle in the trenches, and take care of the football. They can't give points like they did against BYU. They cannot give points. Outside of that, um, outside of that, I think that's, that's, that's what it boils down to. That's what it comes down to. Um, any predictions in this game? What are, what are some predictions? I think it's going to be high scoring. Um, I think last week I said Step gets his, gets his chance and he kind of did, just like two carries. Um, I want to go ahead and say again that uh, Graham Harrell 
finally sees what he has and uh ups his carry time. But as for the score, um I'm gonna say Ooh, this is hard. Um I'm gonna say A lot to a little. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be high. Um, I, it has the potential to be high scoring. That's for sure. I'm going to say 45. Oh. Or. 45 to, as long as we don't hit 60s like we did with the UCLA and um, and Washington State game. I'm going to say 45-37. Oh, see. so a close high-scoring game. Yeah, 45-37 USC. What where do you see that? Like what 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 do you see going that way? What what led you to yeah, that? Yeah, I think I think uh Matt Fink is gonna hit Michael Pittman for a lot, um, like he did against Utah last week. Um I think he's gonna throw it up and Pitt is gonna get those fifty fifty balls. Yeah, well he has size over him, so there I see that as an advantage. Um I on the other hand, I see opposite. And before people sit there and say, how dare you pick against USC, I picked against USC <laughs> You picked last against week. them the last couple weeks. <laughs> no, I didn't pick against them against BYU. I had, I picked I them to win against, uh-uh, I picked, <laughs> I picked USC to win a close game. No, I said mm-hmm. USC would pull away at the end. Maybe it was Stanford that you didn't. I picked pick them against, I picked them again, I picked USC to win against Fresno State. And I picked them to win against BYU. They won against, they beat Fresno State. Didn't I say they would hit 50 against Fresno State? And I got that completely wrong. <laughs> I got that. Who'd you pick against Stanford? I picked I Stanford. Pick Stanford. Mm. I picked Stanford, but I think I picked them narrow. I think I picked them by 10, actually. And I was wrong on that. I picked Utah to win in a blowout or in a two score game. And that turned out to not happen. But this one, I don't know. I I I don't know. I feel like the Washington defense will will throw off Fink. Their defense is going to throw Fink off. They're going to bring pressure. Um, Fink. I think they're going to cause Fink to make some errant throws. And I I don't know. The fifty fifty thing is going to bite. Is really going to bite Fink. It's really going to bite Fink. Like they can't keep relying on on that because they is gonna end up to where they double team or they throw bracket coverage at Pittman and Pittman's not gonna come down with over two people. So I think that not only that, but the defense as as depleted as they are right now, I think that's what's gonna be the issue. Is is that. Um I have Washington winning thirty eight to twenty. I I just 
It's on the road. USC has a history of not performing well on the road for whatever reason. I don't know why. I want to, but this is a game where I'm not confident in them winning this one on the road. If anything, I think when Dina and I talked about this, I said this is a tougher road game than Notre Dame. I honestly believe this is a much tougher game than Notre Dame. And though I think this is actually going to be the best team USC faced so far on the schedule. Really? I think so. Then again, that's not counting when they play Notre Dame in two weeks. Oh, okay. Yeah, not counting when they play Notre Dame in two weeks or Oregon coming up. Though I think they can beat Oregon and Notre Dame. I think Washington, I think Washington will be the best team from an overall standpoint. Washington is the best team from an overall standpoint that they have faced so far this season. I think Utah was the best defense that they would have seen this season. So far, that is, that remains to be true. Cause they did limit them. They did limit U, uh, USC's offense, but USC made some several key big plays. That exposed the the Utah's uh, secondary, and that secondary did get exposed quite a bit. Um, but I'm gonna go 38-20 Washington. Now, if you have listened to this show, you should know that that tends to mean the odds are in USC's favor. Because the last <laughs> the last two times I picked against USC, I have been wrong. Hmm. Hopefully. And in the last two times I picked USC, I'm one and one. So But this one I, I got them winning. I got UW winning thirty to thirty eight to twenty. I think Jacob Easton throws for three touchdown passes and throws a and and maybe has a pick in there. Though USC has I don't think I think USC only has one pick so far this season. Yeah, against Fresno State. Yeah, I think. It, I mean, end. I know for sure it was against Fresno State, but I don't, I don't know if that was, was the only one. It was, it was the what? Well, yeah, I I don't know if that's the only one. That's a great question. We have to look at. We have to look that up. We'll have to look that up. Um, but other than that, other than that, speaking of that, um, uh, this is Washington's. This is USC's first time traveling to Seattle. Since 2016. And mm-hmm. we all know what happened in 2016. <laughs> that was the fateful game that had a lot of us thinking USC is going to the Rose Bowl. Uh, door, uh, yeah, USC was also an underdog, weren't they, in that game? But the difference here is that USC Jacob was Easton not it. Is... Jacob Easton is not Jake Browning. Right. Jacob Easton actually is a better quarterback than mm-hmm. Brown. A much better quarterback than Browning. This game is probably going to make me think I wish Browning was back. <laughs> For sure. Um, but looking this up, you, USC has won last, uh, has won four of their last five games at Seattle, in Seattle. Believe it or not. The last time they lost to the Huskies in Seattle, was 2009. Really? USC, Washington has not beaten, Washington has not beaten USC in Seattle since 2009. 
And do you want to? Do you remember that game? If it's the game I'm thinking of, I do. But I thought they had lost uh, after that too, unless I'm thinking of twenty or two thousand nine. It was two thousand nine that they that they um that they I lost. They, they beat Ohio State the week before they beat Ohio State. No, I'm thinking of something different then. Yeah, you might be. I don't know. You weren't thinking of that game. You probably you're thinking about the Thursday night. You probably Kessler. You're probably thinking about the Thursday night game when Sark was the head coach for USC, and that game that game was at the Coliseum. No, no, not not thinking of that game. I'm thinking of one in Seattle. Besides that, that game that was a train wreck. No. So 2009. Okay, so 2009, Barkley was hurt. He got hurt in the game against Ohio State. He hurt his shoulder, and Pete Carroll sat him for that game. And Aaron Court was the was the quarterback, was the backup. And USC drove in that game. Like, they led him down the field to drive that game. And let's put it like this. Aaron Court was horrible in that game, and USC lost that game by a field goal. Jake Locker was the, um, Jake Locker was the starting quarterback at that time. And that was Steve Sarkeesian's first year at Washington. Mm. And USC and the Huskies beat them. And it was an afternoon game, coincidentally. Since then, USC has defeated, has defeated the Huskies in Seattle and 20... I want to say 2012. Yes, in 2012. They beat them in 2012. Did they barely beat them in 2012? Maybe that's not what I'm thinking of. No, they beat them by 10, I believe. Mm. They they had that game. They beat them pretty handedly. They beat them in 2012. They beat, they beat the Huskies in 2007 in Seattle. So I got to go as far back to think. So 2007... 2007, 2012, 2016. There's another game in my miss that I'm missing. Oh, 2005. I I I think 2005. Yes. Unless USC athletics is wrong. Um. Also. <laughs> also. So. I don't know if you remember this, Dina, but what, do you remember what USC's name was before the Trojans? You mean Washington? No, USC. Uh, I, yes, I'm, it's I'm the, something something religious, uh, wasn't it? Um, what was it? The West. I don't remember. Hold on. I have to look this up. Uh, actually, I know how they got their nickname, but I don't remember their nickname beforehand. I don't think, but it wasn't always Trojans. I know that much. No, it was something religious, I thought. This is how bad of alumni we are. We don't even remember. We don't even remember. 
That's how bad we are. We're horrible. Well, they were before. No, the Methodists, see? Oh, see, I knew it was something religious. Oh, the Methodists. <laughs> All right, there we go. USC Methodists. You can you imagine if that stuck there if that name stuck? The USC Methodists. Mm. I, nice. re- I really <laughs> would sit well. Who's your Who's your school? Oh, I'm a Methodist. No, really. What are you? Um, no, but so before the before Washington was known as the Huskies, their nickname were the Sun Dodgers. That just makes me think of someone afraid to get sunburned, like a really pale <laughs> red person. That, that sounds like a minor league. Sounds like a minor league baseball <laughs> team for the Los Angeles Dodgers. <laughs> yes, their team name, their their nickname was the Sun Dodgers. Um, they were called the Sun Dodgers. So there's some history for you. Um, there is some history for you, but you know how it is. <laughs> you know how it is. So we're gonna make some picks here. We're going to make some picks. Um, Dina and I decided that we're not only are we going to do um, Pac-12 picks, but we're also going to pick some big games as well, some key games. So do you want to go Pac-12 first? Yeah, let's go Pac-12 first. Okay, so we're going to do um, – we're going to go Pac-12 first uh, after last week. Did you see the – speaking of that, were you asleep for the UCLA and Washington State game I night? Was, I wasn't. I was at game night with my friends, uh, with my you, boyfriend. You missed out. Yeah, I don't, I, you texted me that, and I was like, what the hell? You missed out on a wild game. So, as everyone knows, Kyle, shout out to Kyle, who's a uh, who's who's been on our show before, also a Washington fan. He, I told him what was going on, and he just didn't believe it. Next thing you know it, UCLA took the lead. UCLA was down 49, UCLA was down 49, what was it? They were down 49. I thought you said 49-17. Yes, they were down 49-17 in the third quarter. So did they just get interceptions, or what happened? Turnovers? Turnovers and three and outs. Turnovers and three and outs. And they kept getting the ball. Seems like UCLA has a big comeback at least once a year. Well, everyone's saying, oh, this is a program-defining comeback. This is a program-changing comeback. They said the same thing about in the A&M game. Mm -hmm. And look how that turned out. Now, if they get obliterated by, by Arizona, then that should say a lot about program defining thing. So uh yeah, let's stay away from that. <laughs> so anyway, uh Friday, as of record time, we have Arizona State at Cal. Arizona State just lost to Colorado at home. Cal is the only undefeated Pac twelve team. They're the only undefeated team in the Pac twelve. Ranked fifteen. And our contender actually. Looking pretty good. Who do you have in this game? I, I, I feel like this is going to be a close game, actually. I'm taking Cal. 
I there were got, times I picked Cal. I got Cal in a close one. I don't think I don't think I don't think the 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 uh the Bears cover, but I have them winning a close one. I think this game is going to be pretty close and it's going to be pretty it's gonna be a fun game. But Eric, but Cal's defense, Cal's secondary against Arizona State. Yeah, I think Cal's defense against yeah freshman Jaden Daniels is going to be killer. But then again, they went on the road in the East Lansing and they beat they beat Cal or uh, not Cal they beat Michigan State. Though I don't think they should have beat Michigan State. They beat Michigan State on the road. So, but and Cal's not really. Cal is not like a big hostile environment. It's not really mm-hmm. Cal is not a daunting place to play. All right. California Memorial Stadium is not daunting to play at at all. So therefore the a- ASU winning wouldn't shock me, but I have Cal winning this one in a close game. Pac twelve after dark too. Um, next up, we have Stanford at Oregon State. This game is on the Pac-12 network. Stanford is one in three. Um, really just fell off the hinges. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened to Stanford. Uh, losing the, U, they lost a USC, UCF. They're on a three game losing streak, actually. They lost a USC, UCF, and only managed single digits against Oregon. They lost to Oregon twenty-one. They lost at home to Oregon twenty-one to six. Um, do you think Stanford turns it around in this game in Corvallis at Research Stadium? Yeah, I think this Stadium? is the game they they need to do it for sure. I I got Stanford winning this one uh, by two scores. I don't think Oregon State is quite there yet. Um, Stanford, this is a rebound game for Stanford. If there's a game they're going to rebound, this is it. Right. Uh, not only that, Oregon State do have a new wide receiver, though he's not going to be playing this season. Mm-hmm. And Devin Williams, uh, the former USC wide receiver, transferred to, uh, transferred to Oregon State. So the, Oregon State's been, uh, they've been high on him. So, um, Oregon, so I have Stanford, I have Stanford winning this one in a rebound game, but I do think Stanford is in, I think Stanford's in trouble moving forward. I, I think this is, this is the year where Stanford really falls off. Another Pac-12 after dark game on FS1 in Washington State and Utah. Uh, Utah coming off a loss. It's an interesting game. Yes. Air raid again. Um, I got this is going to be in this one I think it will be close. You know what? I'm going to go Washington State here. I think Washington okay. State I think Washington State rebounds at at, at Rice Echo Stadium and wins a narrow game because of the air raid. But I think Utah I think Utah will I, that's the thing. If it's at home at Rice Echo Stadium, it's going to be loud as I don't know what. But I see Washington State's defense has been suspect. That's the thing. But if anything, USC exploited the air raid. Or yeah, USC that's what makes this game Utah interesting. Secondary. 
They exploited Utah second. You know, I'm going to go Washington State in a high-scoring game. I, I have Washington State I have Washington State winning this game in, in, a, in a close game on the road. I'm going to say Utah in a close game. I'm gonna, and I think they're going to rebound. Um, and Rice Eccles is a very hard place to play. Oh, it's loud. Dina, it's loud. Like, it's deafening loud. I, it's, it's, it's not like BYU where you have, never mind, I'm not going to say that. I don't want to get thrown off the air, the, the air. <laughs> um, last game we have on the Pac-12 slate before we move on to our, uh, next games is UCLA and Arizona. As everyone knows, UCLA won that outrageous high-scoring arena football comeback of a game, um, 67 to 62, I believe. Do you re- do you recall seeing the, the same thing, or how how do you see this happening? Uh, I'm picking Arizona. I'm going. I'm going Arizona. Khalil Tate is going to be a huge factor. How they contain Khalil Tate is going to be something. I think Khalil Tate is the huge factor, but I think it's going to be a close game. Yeah, I don't think Arizona's going to blow them out just because they haven't shown any dominance, really, and Khalil Tate hasn't been him. No, it's going to be a close game. I don't know if it's really himself or that one season he had was an outlier, but, um, yeah, he's going to need to step up during this game. This is the game to do it. I, I agree with you on that one. Now we're gonna go with some uh, some game, some key games. So looking at the schedule, uh, some interesting games. You have Texas Tech, Oklahoma. I'm not gonna pick that one. <laughs> we're not gonna pick Wisconsin Northwestern. Um. Let's start off with Ole Miss and Alabama, even though we know the result. <laughs> hey, I, I, that one. I, it was either that or Virginia Notre Dame next. Let's, let's do that one. That one's okay. more worthy. Hey, let's go Notre with Dame. that one. I'm picking Notre Dame. I'm picking Notre Dame by a by a touchdown. I think bright. I I, I think Virginia's quarterback is he's going to keep it close, but Notre Dame tends to will themselves to victory. In games, I'm going with I'm going with Notre Dame on this one. Unfortunately, hey, we could have picked. Hey, Ole Miss, Ole Miss has not played Alabama in years, and the last time Ole Miss and Bama played, Ole Miss beat Alabama. I'm just saying that's why I, I went with it. Um, be let's let's go with this one. BYU or BYU Baylor and 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 um, Iowa State. That should be a good one. What's Baylor's record? Baylor is three and zero. What wins over Stephen A. Stephen Stephen F. Austin? Hold on, Stephen F. Austin, uh, University of Texas San Antonio and Rice. So they haven't played anybody. <laughs> they haven't. And Iowa State is they lost against Iowa. I want to say they're two and one. Yes, they're two and one. Wins over Northern I. They beat Northern Iowa by three. Lost to Iowa by one, and blew out Louisiana Monroe seventy-two to twenty. I'll pick Baylor. 
I'm going with. I like, I like Charlie Brewer. I think he's uh, he's a talented quarterback. I'm going with Matt Campbell and uh, Cyclones on this one. I, I I think the Cyclones win this game. Number twenty four, Kansas State and Oklahoma State. You can watch this game on ESPN Plus. Um, uh, I'm gonna pick Oklahoma State in their rebound against Texas. Coming off that loss against Texas last week. Uh, I'm going Kansas State. I'm going opposite. I'm going to go Kansas State. I I, I think the uh, the Wildcats is, are, is playing some good football this year this, so far without Bill. I think Bill Snyder retired, but um, Kansas State's playing some good football. They look pretty impressive. Uh, I'm I'm going with the Wildcats on this one over Oklahoma State in a high scoring affair. Though it wouldn't shock me if Oklahoma State won this game. Their offense has been uh, off the charts. Now we have, really, there's really not that many good games this week. We have, here's one, Ohio State at Nebraska. Uh, game is on ABC at Lincoln, at, uh, at, uh, at Lincoln Memorial Stadium, I believe. At Memorial Stadium in Lincoln. That's what it's called, Memorial Stadium in Lincoln, Ohio State, number five in the nation. Uh, Nebraska, they, with, with Adrian Martinez going up against Justin Fields. The black shirt defense, game day is in Lincoln. Who do you have? Though I would like Nebraska to pull off the upset, I have Ohio State winning. I got Ohio State winning, but I don't think they cover. But I want Nebraska to win this game. I want Nebraska to be back. But I I don't foresee it in this game. Now, I got another one for you. We're going to go off the rails here, everyone. So so be ready for this one. Dina, seeing you are a coffee person, you go all over the place to have different coffees. You go to the <laughs> hole-in-the-wall places that we never heard of. You go to Starbucks, you go to Coffee Bean, you go to Redwoods Coffee Shop. I don't know. You probably go to some coffee. You go to the boys, you go to the Girl Scouts Coffee Shop, too. (laughs) You go to coffee shops that I Mm -hmm. never heard of. So, Starbucks, which was founded in Seattle, Washington. And Coffee Bean, which was founded... In Los Angeles, actually. Who are you picking? Are you picking Coffee Bean or are you picking Starbucks? Well, Starbucks coffee is trash. Every time I go, I only go because there's a drive-thru. And the Coffee Bean in Redlands doesn't have a drive-thru. I do prefer Coffee Bean coffee to Starbucks coffee, though Starbucks does have good food. Yeah, Um, they do. They have good fruit for breakfast. Their food, I mean, their I mean, food is, I think, well, coffee bean and coffee bean. Okay, Starbucks has good sandwiches. Coffee bean, coffee bean sandwiches need some work, but coffee bean does have good muffins and bagels. But if I had to pick, I'd pick coffee bean just because I'm a big coffee person, and Starbucks coffee is trash every time. I'm disappointed, and I think, why did I go here? <laughs> I'd never like it. I'm with you on coffee. I'm with you on the coffee bean thing. I don't think either is really great. Like I'm, I'm not saying coffee beans. Co- like oh my god, it's so amazing, but it, co- it's better co- than Starbucks. 
coffee bean, you're on point with coffee beans, coffee. Because coffee beans, coffee is actually pretty good. Um, at a coffee day, at coffee bean, so. Um, but everyone knows I'm a cookie person. And to me, it boils down to cookies. Boils down to the cookies. What type of cookies do you have? I don't, I think coffee beans cookies are good, but they're not that great. Also, coffee bean lacks. Here, here's where coffee bean lacks in the department. Coffee bean don't have any other drinks outside of coffee that I have seen. Yeah, they do. They have teas. They have ice blendeds, which is a frappuccino, basically. Okay. Do they do they have dragon fruit? Do they have dragon fruit mango? I do not know about that one. They don't have a dragon fruit, so therefore. I have to, therefore, I have to go with, with, with Starbucks here. Starbucks has great co- great cookies. They have very good cookies. They have, a, they have a s'mores frap whenever that's in, whenever that's in. They have s'mores frap. They have, uh, also have dragon fruit. And the cook, but the cookie said it over, said it over for me. If, <laughs> If Starbucks had subpar cookies like Subway, then that's where things would change. That's where I would have to draw the line. And everybody knows cookies, me and cookies are a thing. So with that being said, I think that will be all for us tonight. Um, Any final thoughts? If you see a Starbucks or a coffee bean and you're really into coffee, go to coffee bean because Starbucks is gross for <laughs> coffee. You heard, you heard the woman. Um, <laughs> Starbucks secret, isn't good. It's convenient. That's my final word. It, it's convenient for if you need it. Because they're on every they're, corner and they have drive throughs that's the one thing that irks me. Before we go off the air, that's the one thing that irks me. So, Dina, you've had Tommy's before, have you? Uh, if you say no, Dina, we no, really have so. to have a serious no. talk. Oh, no. Okay, we're having a serious talk after we go off the <laughs> air. So, my, my, the thing that irks me with, thing that irks me with Starbucks is that they're building a Starbucks they're building a Starbucks on every single corner and the fact that they're building it as if Starbucks is a McDonald's and nowhere close to a McDonald's and what bugs me is that what bugs me about it is that they're putting up Starbucks at places that don't really need it. So getting to the story here. Sorry, I was looking at something. No, that is not my family, everyone. Getting to something. There used to be a Tommy's. On, and if you were in Santa Monica in the 90s to, 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 to uh, 2014, you know exactly what I'm talking about. There used to be a Tommy's in Santa Monica on um, Pico and uh I forgot the other street name 
in Santa Monica, but there used to be one down Pico in Santa Monica. Always used to go there. Always. You had a drive through. You could sit there, get food. All that was my go-to place outside of Dairy Queen. No, Foster Free. There was my outside place outside of Foster Free. That's Santa Monica College at the time when I was going to SMC. Well, Santa, they closed down the Tommies there. And you know what went up in that place? Starbucks. A Starbucks. A Starbucks. A Starbucks. As if they needed another one. As if they couldn't pick anywhere else to build a Starbucks. As if you didn't need one in a in a in a in a two mile radius in Santa Monica. Starbucks was what went there, and it made me upset. It really made me upset, and I was very unhappy about it. And on that note, that's where we end the podcast. Be sure to uh to follow us on C Chronicles SBN. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at that handle. You can also follow me on Twitter at Matt A. Lowry. You can follow me at Always Compete. And be sure to listen to our podcast on Apple iTunes, Google Play, and uh, Spotify, or the Megaphone app. Also, rate us. I know we have one rating, and it wasn't a good rating. <laughs> so rate us, please. A, a rating is better than no rating, so at least rate us on Apple iTunes or Google Play. Say we suck if you think we suck. Say we are the UCLA. No, don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> but uh, until then, we'll talk to you guys next week, and fight on, everybody. Fight on.